the Reality of Truth podcast. Let's go. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. Welcome, friends, to another episode. And today it's going to be a little bit more unique. I promise it's going to be interesting. I find this fascinating, and I hope you do too. We're going to get a little bit scientific, but I think it's going to be fun. Trust me, I'm going to try my best to make this interesting for you. And when you see life as it is, I think it will help you see your health and everything you interact with a bit differently. So we're going to get into something that we've talked about a little bit before. I personally find this a lot of fun. It's something you deal with every single day, but you never see it. You don't think about it. But yet, when you were in school, it was fun to play with. So let's get into this. Today we're talking about EMF, electromagnetic fields. I know you're saying, I say this a lot. EMFs, electromagnetic fields? Are we actually going to talk about that? Yes, we are. Why are we going to talk about that, you say? Because if you remember, we talked about this in the light episode. You produce your own electromagnetic fields in your cells. It's important. But guess what? You also get electromagnetic fields from everything around you. And they will influence you. So unless you want negative influence, then you're going to have to do something about it. Sometimes there's nothing you can do. You can't really stop all of it, but some of the stuff you can help mitigate or use to your advantage. More importantly, this episode is a foundational episode. We are going to cover what it is and what it does to you. We'll go after this and how to get rid of it or mitigate it as much as possible. But for right now, you have to have the understanding of what it is as the foundational situation that affects you every day and could be the cause of your illness or your disease, your general feeling of being unwell. You see, it has more impact on your life than you might think. We generally don't think of EMF fields as something to worry about. I mean, you have a cell phone, you got Wi-Fi, radio, television, cable, satellite, but those are man-made devices. Those are man-made technologies. Are those even good for us? Are they supposed to be here? And then how are we supposed to react to those? So let's give a little bit of a primer here, okay? I told you sometimes we might, well, this one's going to get a bit geeky, but I'm going to keep it as easy as possible. Don't worry, I'll bring it home for you. So electromagnetic fields are literally everything around you. You're in a giant EMF field. It's just like it sounds, electromagnetic field. So when electricity and magnetism come together in high frequencies, that's called an electromagnetic field. This field is everything you experience, literally everything. Not only do you experience it, but you use it every single day. So it starts from zero hertz, nanometers, we'll get into that, up to 10 to the 21st power. 
This is in waves and frequencies. I'm mostly going to talk about frequencies, okay, and throughout this whole episode. It's easier to understand. So from 0 to 10 to the 21st power, if you know anything about math and you know that 10 to the 21st power is absolutely extraordinary, that means that there are that many wavelengths that we know of or can at least postulate the massive amount of energy. To give you an example, light that we've talked about that is super healthy for you, and it's the reason why you're alive, actually, is sitting at the 2.4 marker. So 0 to 10 to the 21st, you're at 2.4. Okay. To give you an example of how that resonates with you and where that sits in the spectrum, the Earth is double that, 7.8. So light is about half of what the Earth is. So Earth is energized by light in the EMF field at about half. Now, of the types of EMF, you have ionizing and non-ionizing. Don't worry, I will bring this all back around to how it affects your health, trust me. But you, you probably need to have a little bit of a primer on uh, EMF fields to know what they are and how they affect you and how important they are. Ionizing, those are the kind that are closer to what you've heard of with X-rays, gamma rays, nuclear weapons, this kind of thing. They have the ability basically to break bonds on cellular structures and molecules and remove electrons, this kind of thing. Non-ionizing, on the other hand, is a lot more subtle. That is where either it's beneficial or can be still detrimental to your health. Things like your microwave, your cell phone, light, magnets that you play with with your kids. And in my opinion, the ionized frequencies that are bad for you start at the X-ray point. X-ray up to nuclear bombs is bad. Right before X-ray is actually UV light. I don't believe that UV light is bad for you. I believe it is good for you. We will absolutely have an episode in the future about UV light. It's incredibly awesome. The ionizing frequencies of x-rays all the way up to nuclear weapons are the bad ones. Everything under there, yeah, we can kind of work with it. Some of it's not great. Others are just fine and actually beneficial. Light is one of the most beneficials of that spectrum of EMF underneath x-rays. So the earth sits at 7.8 hertz frequency. Why does that matter? What does it mean? Doesn't mean much at all, other than that's what it sits at. But a human sits at 9 to 16 hertz, which is an interesting thought. Why are we slightly above Earth? Slightly meaning only in number, because if you think about it, 7.8 to 9, when you have 10 to the 21st power, is a lot. Why do we sit slightly higher then? can't answer that other than we're higher life forms possibly hmm that's interesting 
You see, the Earth changes, okay? Lightning, thunder, volcanoes, seasons, all of these come together and change the Earth. It changes that hurts a little bit here and there, up and down, a little bit in waves. That does actually affect you because all EMFs affect you. We're going to get into that. That is the whole point of this episode. But if all the activity on the earth can change its frequency, that frequency will affect you. Wouldn't you like to know how that happens and what it does to you? What are those effects anyways? You know, when you feel like there's a storm coming and for those of us who have eh, maybe a little joint issues, you say, man, my knee is killing me. Must be a storm coming. That kind of barometric change we spoke about earlier, you can feel that pressure difference. You can also feel what everybody says is the energy in the air, right? People have said this. Everything's just different. It's something in the air. Maybe it's electrons. Maybe it's electromagnetic field. Because after a storm, your grass, your vegetable garden, your flowers, they grow fast, real fast. So for electrical beings, putting off electromagnetic fields, so are plants and everything living, including the earth, all the climate, we're all working together, receiving and putting out EMFs. Are we not antennas? Can you not feel it? Hmm. We'll get into that a little bit more. You see, as humans, we're just electromagnetic beings. We absorb light, which is part of the electromagnetic spectrum. We store this light, which keeps us alive. All your health comes from light. It starts with light. You eat food. That food is a container of light. Remember the light episode? We went into that. So you create your own electromagnetic fields because you eat food, which has light, creates energy in your body called ATP. That electron transport chain to create that ATP also produces UV light and electromagnetic fields. Remember, we spoke about this. You are producing your own electromagnetic field up to 15 feet away. It's amazing how that works. And we're going to get into that in a little bit on how you can know that it goes out that far. So let's start with just a few facts on the human body, okay? Your heart actually creates its own EMF field. It creates its own electricity. So when your heart beats, it's creating enough electrical flow to move your blood. I can actually see it on a camera. So your heart might not actually be a pump. It could actually be an electricity producer, a battery. We're going to explore that in the future. Is your heart actually a pump? Because if you know anything about fluid dynamics, the heart actually might not be a pump. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things, but it's really cool to think about. Very interesting. Here's why this is interesting. If your heart creates electricity, what does your brain run on? Hmm. If your heart creates electricity, what does your brain do? Well, your brain's made up of a hundred trillion, that's 100 trillion interconnections. 
So if your heart produces electricity, your brain also runs on electricity. Now there's blood there, oxygen, ketones, sugar, fats. Hmm. That means that there's a whole lot of EMFs from all the different substrates that affect the brain. And the brain sends electrical connection to everything in your body through your nervous system, which by the way is 46 miles long. If you connect all of it, if you stretch out all of the neurons and dendrite connections in the brain, lay them end to end, they would reach 100,000 miles and circle the earth at the equator four times. Seriously, I mean, think about this. Do you realize how much is inside your body? And by the way, that electrical conduction is done at 400 miles per hour. Your brain has actually four different types of electrical waves. Remember, this is EMF, so electromagnetic waves. You've got alpha, that's just the one that tells you you're relaxed, but you're aware. And then there's beta, and that tells you you're fully alert. Delta, which is sleeping. And then theta, which is kind of drowsy. But since you have 46 miles of nervous system, all of that in your brain, could that be like an antenna as well? Or could there be other things involved? I'm going to get to that. Let's think about this for a second. If your nervous system is that large, that conducts electricity. How much output is that? If you measure, if you measure anything in your environment that uses electricity, you can find an EMF field. Every single thing. It doesn't matter what it is. If it uses electricity and it's turned on, you can measure it. It's very difficult to measure things that are not, quote, turned on. But everything has an EMF. Literally everything. Now, if your electromagnetic field can be measured up to 15 feet, what does that mean? That means that you have an impact on your environment. You see, in Carillion photography, you may have also heard of aura photography. Carillion's different. Carillion's more finite. It's very unique and extremely precise. But basically, the idea is you can photograph your EMF field. It is recordable. Think of a magnet. You've seen maybe diagrams showing a magnet or the earth, you know, with the poles come out and, let, and the, the energy comes around and it goes back in the bottom and comes out the top and does this whole thing. Well, you do the same thing all the way around you. So you have an impact on your environment. You can sense everything around you. I see dead people. That means you can sense positive or negative EMF fields from people or the environment. Let's say when you go into the forest. Why do people like camping so much? I mean, think about it. But you can feel your environment when you're on the beach. What does that feel like? When you are at work, surrounded by computers in a terrible environment full of blue light. There's synthetic materials everywhere around you. Does it feel good? Are you happy to be there? Probably not. You see, every single thing on this planet 
has a frequency associated with it. Literally everything, every substance that you come in contact with has its own electromagnetic frequencies. Some say it puts off photons. Some say they just radiate magnetic energy because even though it's not metal, doesn't mean you can't have electromagnetic frequency, something like plastic. Something that was synthetically made might have an EMF field. So if everything you deal with, every single thing you come in contact with, all of your senses, every single thing in your environment that you deal with on a daily basis, you perceive through your five senses, all of those senses, maybe even a sixth sense, I see dead people, is what I've been talking about. All of those senses are based on EMFs. When you taste something, you are tasting its frequency, not only just a single frequency, but you're tasting something with all of the frequencies of that substance you put in your mouth. You put a single substance, whatever that might be, usually just a chemical of some kind, let's just say zinc, put it in your tongue, tastes a certain way. But zinc inside of a food tastes totally different because that food has all of the frequencies from all of the nutrients, all of the ingredients of that food. Smell the same way. One smell is different than all the smells combined to make up a single fragrance, like a skunk. I don't know why I picked skunk. Just first thing came to my mind. But you think you get the point. Sight. What you see, every single thing you see is a frequency band from what we just discussed earlier of light being at 2.4, basically at about 2.4 hertz. Now, that's red because you see the red reflecting off of it. It absorbs every other color but reflects red. So all the color, everything you see, white, black, Black absorbs all colors. White reflects all colors. You're experiencing through your sight EMF fields in your visual capacity. Hearing is the same thing. Every single thing you hear is either a single frequency or a combination of frequencies. If I ring a bell, you would get a single frequency of that metal. But if that bell was made up of more than one metal, you would get multiple frequencies making that up. But let's just say it was made out of zinc. You would hear it as zinc's frequency audibly. But if you have an orchestra playing all of the instruments made out of metal, you would hear all of these different frequencies combined to make Mozart. I hope that makes it more clear how absolutely amazing the world really is. Your life is experiencing all of these frequencies and all of these different aspects. You are an antenna. You're pulling all of this in. Your brain is interpreting it and giving you the sense of life. What about taste? For those of us foodies, you all know who you are. How many people can call themselves a touchy or a hearer. Nobody really does that. It's a foodie, right? Because it's a flavor thing. But flavors. For those of us who are garlic addicts, garlic is made up of multiple different frequencies from all the different nutrients that are in it. All the EMFs that are in it. 
amazing. On its own, it's a little pungent, right? Most people don't just eat straight garlic, but when you put it on a steak or you add it to your favorite food, oh, that is delicious. But the zinc that's in garlic, you may say that tastes terrible. So because you add all the other things with it, they combine harmoniously. Isn't this amazing? In your brain, think about that. When you're watching television and your eyes are picking up everything that's going on that screen and you're like, wow, that is such a beautiful visual that I'm watching right now. Realize that is hundreds of thousands of frequencies of light that your eyes are perceiving, putting it all into your brain and deciphering that and coming up with a visual that you find beautiful. When someone touches you, it's different than when you touch yourself, correct? If you massage your thigh because it's not feeling well, it's not the same as somebody else doing it. Why is that? Hmm. Could it be that touch is also a EMF field interaction? Hmm. I will tell you, it's absolutely true. And the Carillion photography, by the way, that's K-I-R. L-I-A-N, Kirlian Photography, he was a Russian scientist, shows that when two people come together, that their frequencies actually align. And in that Kirlian Photography, where they can see the output of EMFs out of that person, they come together. And if one is, let's say, white, and the other one is blue, they will both become blue. So if you're white and you're the one getting a massage and the person who's trying to massage you is in a good mood and is in a healing state of mind to help you, when that person touches you, if they were to take a photo or video of that area or of your body as a whole, your white would become blue. Conversely, if you have two people arguing, they don't become one. It's only when people are on the same pathway, so to speak. Really, really interesting stuff. Almost as if you can sense people. You know what I mean? People around you when they're just, it doesn't have to be what they say. Sometimes it's just, you just don't have a good vibe. I spoke of that before, but it's a thing. That's actually there. That's real because they can measure it. They can measure it in actual photography, videography, that you are not meshing. They can see the EMF fields meshing or not meshing. That is phenomenal. So by touching, when you touch yourself, it's the same EMF, which doesn't feel the same. You can feel yourself touching your hand, but you can't, it doesn't feel the same way as if somebody else touches you. So what does that mean about things like kissing or sex? You see, EMF fields coming together can create a completely different EMF field. It's amazing. And I find it amazing because you can actually record it. All right. I think I drove that one home. How do we know there is such a thing as an EMF field? We can photograph it. Yes, we can feel it. We've got physics. We've got all this stuff. But I'm going to give you 
If you've never seen or heard of this, I'm going to give you something that's going to blow your mind. Okay? Water. You see, water is not just H2O. Water has the ability to be a communicator. What? All right, this guy I'm listening to on this reality health, he's nuts. He's crazy. He never talks about vitamins and weight loss and dieting. He's always talking about fringe stuff. He's just, he's got all these. What is he talking about? Well, I'll tell you, actually. You see, it's basic physics. There's nothing extraordinary about it. It's just the way it is. Water has memory. It really does. It can do things in your body you would never believe or think of. Yet they're finding it all the time in research. Outside of the body, it can be affected by EMF fields. Do say, Eric. How is that possible, Eric? Well, you see, water is a communicator. And it can take on what it's being communicated with. There is a lady... Her name is Veda Austin, V-E-D-A Austin. Now, you can go research her or you don't have to because I'm just going to tell you right now. She figured out that she could imprint just about anything onto water and then freeze it. And the freezing process would make the image of whatever was imprinted into the water. This imprinting could be everything from a photograph or a thought or many other avenues. So I'll give you an example. She would take a Petri dish. This is the famous one she's known for. Take a Petri dish. She'd put a little water in there. Set it on top of, let's say, a photo of a tree. She'd put that in the freezer for 8 to 10 minutes, somewhere around there, depending on how cold your freezer is. In the state of going from straight water to freezing, there's a point in there that's known as easy or structured water. It is said that the structured water is an EMF field. Therefore, it can see visuals, feel thoughts, experiences, emotions, and be imprinted in the frozen structure of the crystallization of the water. So if you've ever seen frost on a window, sometimes it's not just straight frost. Sometimes it's got dendrils and and points and tree looking things and leaves and all that kind of stuff this is what i'm talking about so she would take a photo of a tree put the petri dish on it for five minutes take the petri dish put it in the freezer eight minutes later pull it out and it had the shape of the tree in the ice now i i know I know what everybody's going to say. That's just woo. That's not real. Well, she's got 40,000 photos. She has a following of people all around the world that do this and send in the photos. She teaches people how to do this. She's so prolific at this technique that she has a quantum physicist that is assisting her now on bringing this information out so that those of us who say, that's not real. In actuality, he's going to show you why it's real. We'll get more into her whole entire 
system and why it works and all of that in the water episode coming up. So I just want to touch on one more thing with EMF fields, things that are actually in your environment, things you've seen. They are even things you use every day. Check this one out. We're going to get hippie. You ready? Crystals. I know you're about to say, really? I thought this is a health channel. I need to learn about healthy stuff. This is healthy. But you have to understand that everything is connected. So are crystals connected to the EMF fields and can they help you or hurt you? Oh, isn't that interesting? They can do both, believe it or not. Yes, there is crystal healing energy philosophies, all that kind of woo that's out there. They can hurt you if you don't know what you're doing. They can also help you if you know what you're doing. Now, I don't do crystal therapy. I'm just stating that it is out there and there's a lot of people that swear by it. If you guys want to know more about that, let me know. We'll talk about it. But check this out. Crystals actually have energy stored in them. So it's not just the lattice structure that makes up the crystal. Because that's where its power comes from, is the way it's built. All right? The way it built itself in the ground through all of the necessary electromagnetic fields that created it. And then it stores that energy. If you take a piece of that crystal, cut it at an angle, and strike it at that angle, it will actually produce energy. It shoots out an electromagnetic field, which then, as it gets to the end of, let's say, a piece of metal with two prongs on the end, will spark. So it created electricity right down those two electrodes. By the way, that is how a lighter works. Not a flint lighter, that's different. But your little clickable barbecue style lighter, when you pull that safety, hit that trigger, that trigger is a little hammer inside that hits that crystal. That then takes the energy down the wires to the end of the lighter and sparks as that gas is coming down and gets lit. Bet you didn't know that one, did you? That was pretty cool, pretty awesome. Just a tiny little crystal, but it's enough. It doesn't take much. They store a lot of, lot of energy. Let me just stop right here and say that this topic is so huge. It is absolutely impossible to give you all the info on this subject of energy and EMFs. It's it's such a huge topic that I would have to do multiple episodes, which would be hours and hours and hours long. And then you have a textbook and then they still can't completely describe it because nobody really knows all of it. See, there are a lot of different theories on all of this, and I don't think anybody really, really knows. I can say what I gravitate towards. That was a really terrible joke, but I don't necessarily believe that light is actually photons. Whole theory of you turn on a light, it's projecting out particles. I don't believe that. Okay. I believe what Tesla actually spoke about. There is an ether. And when you disturb that ether in a way, using whatever form you can, that creates a light effect because you're stimulating the ether. That sounds more probable to me than you're shooting out photons. Where do the photons come from? I'm just saying, and we don't have to get into that. You know, they asked Einstein who the smartest scientist was, and 
He said, go ask Tesla. So there you go. I just believe there's more to light than that it's just particles and that it has speed. Nobody can, you can't, nobody can actually measure the speed and it's completely ridiculous. Nobody really knows what it is. There are theories and some theories are more provable than others. Um, but, you know, Occam's razor says the simplest answer is always the right one. And maybe there's an ether, maybe there's not, who knows. All I can say is, whatever it is, if there's an ether, electromagnetic fields function in that and they disturb that ether. That ether then transmits that energy to everything. And you're either receiving it as almost an antenna or you're in it, like let's say you're in a pool and, and a wave hits you. But somewhere or another, that EMF field is getting to you or it's in your body already emitting out. <laughs> We're going to get there too. Hang on. I know it's getting long, but trust me, it's fun. Okay, so here's where it gets kind of weird. <laughs> but bear with me. This might be something you might be interested in. All right. I know it sounds very weird, but this is an actual fact. Okay. As we've been talking about all these EMF fields, everything in your life is affected by them, even what you wear. So let me give you some examples of this. Okay. So if you wear natural fabrics, they can be better for you. If you wear synthetic fabrics like polyester and these kind of things, they can actually hurt you. Hmm. So what you're saying, Eric, is what I wear affects me? Yeah, just like color would, because color is a frequency of light. All right. I know that's a lot, but let's just break this down really quickly and we'll move on. In the future, absolutely let me know if you want to know more about this, because I think this is one of the most interesting things I can think of. I mean, think about it. This is what you wear, what you sleep in. Does it have an impact on your body? Well, let's see. So linen, for example, it's made from flax. It's known to help you fall asleep faster and deeper. It can improve your mood. It's been proven in surgeries and healing, which is why hospitals use it. And it's resistant to fungus and bacteria. So it's a barrier to disease. It's also one of the few fabrics that can regulate your body temperature. When it's cold, it can help warm you. When it's warm, it can help cool you. Fabrics have frequency. Remember, we said everything is made of frequencies. Literally everything. Our human body is basically sitting at a frequency of around 100. Experiments done by many frequency experts say the human body's frequencies can differ from 70 to 100. If your frequency is less than 62 hertz, you are not in good shape. You are in poor health. So anything above there is good. Now, certain fabrics are really high, like linen, at 5,000. Wool is at 5,000. So these are great for you. Organic cotton is 70 to 110. It can go up to 400. By the way, the all of these natural fibers that you can make clothing out of 
are closer to the Earth's EMF field. These are better for you. Okay, let me hit a few of them that are low energy. All right, rayon, not good. Even though it's made from wood pulp, it's not good. It's 15. Polyester is a 10. Spandex, lycra, these kind of things, they're 15. Nylon, synthetic polymers are 15. Silk is closer to the Earth's magnetic field, but not great. I know it's a natural substance. What it is good at is actually filtering water. That's a whole other discussion. At your lowest point, you would be at a 15. So these fabrics can help you or hurt you. Even hospitals, like I just said, they know this. They're not telling you this, but they know this. Dr. Yamoto said that hemp has the ability to change the vibrations around you to purify your environment made by all the electromagnetic frequencies that are negative to you. That's amazing. And by the way, hemp is not marijuana. It's just the plant of the hemp. And of course, it's the favorite plant of environmentalists. So here is just a little rundown of hemp. Cotton is also super good, just not quite as good as hemp. This is one of those things that hippies have it right. All right, first of all, it has extremely high vibration. That's good for you. It's four times stronger than cotton. It doesn't break down as you wash it. It breathes better than any other fabric. So your <clears throat> body odor is less. Color doesn't fade, as most other natural fabrics will. It's the strongest thread and also makes the strongest ropes you can use. It actually naturally filters UV light if you believe UV is bad for you. Now, you can get too much UV, so if you wear this and you're out in the sun a lot, this is good. It is super rich in vitamins. It also is antibacterial. Can be water resistant. It's also fire resistant. And it can control your body temperature or in your home, like in a blanket or sheets, this kind of thing. When it's cold, hemp will provide heat. When it's hotter, hemp will cool you. The weirdest part of flax clothing, which is linen, is it can act like an antenna. I know that sounds weird, but if you put it on wounds, hemp actually accelerates healing. There's this guy named Dr. Albert Abrams. He did studies on vibrational healing of fabrics. So what you're sitting on, you know, your sofa, your chairs, your bed, bed sheets, this kind of thing, they all have a vibration. Remember, every EMF field is a vibration. Everything in your life is a vibration. That means your jewelry, your eyeglasses even. Learning about how chemical dyes, for example, in your clothing can be damaging or learning about any number of things that are touching you or around you are going to affect you. So the best things you can do is cotton, linen, wool, and hemp. They are biocompatible. These will affect you in a positive or negative way. So why not make it positive? So let's talk about this crystal thing a little bit more. There's what's called piezoelectric crystals. 
PIE ZO electric crystals. You use them in your watches, cell phones, computers, all of that kind of electronic stuff, anything with electricity for the most part. You see, the crystals that they use in these devices are just your basic crystal you've seen, that clear looking glass one that's pretty normal. That is the highest vibration rate of anything on the planet. I'm not talking about a nuclear reactor here. I'm talking about a natural substance that you could go find. It vibrates at 32,768 times per second. Yes, that many times per second. That's pretty fast. And in order to use that in watches, for example, they use it for frequency of oscillation. So it works like this. Think about a grandfather clock. That pendulum moves back and forth. The speed at which that does that is then calculated as, let's say, one second. That's the timing of the oscillation. To turn the mechanisms, each swing, one second, turns it, click, one second, click. That's how it maintains its accuracy and tells time. That's pretty cool. Well, the crystals do the same thing. They have energy. They can measure the frequency of that energy. They can then take that energy coming out of that crystal and create an oscillation mechanism to turn the hands of the clock. It doesn't take very much. It's very small amount. So if you have a watch on your hand with a battery in it, that battery works with the crystal. The crystal actually is cut to look like a tuning fork because that amplifies the frequency and those two work together to move the clock. Interesting. Now, one more thing we're gonna talk about crystals. Let's, let's make this about the human body, all right? In 2002, Israeli scientists found two types of crystals on and in your pineal gland. If you're not sure what the pineal gland is, it's in the center of your brain, produces melatonin, which works with melanin. Remember the light episode we talked about? Melanin stores energy from the sun in whatever way this is. Could it be EMF? Sure. Could it be photons? Okay. But basically your pineal gland makes melatonin, which works with your melanin. So that affects your circadian rhythm, which in turn keeps you in the cycles of all of the EMF of the sun and earth for the timing of everything. Day, night, seasons, all of this. So in order for you to stay in this, this is pretty cool that you have two crystals, two types on and in your pineal gland that work as, as a tuner or a resonator. And they're very sensitive to sound. Actually, they figured out that sound that they are stimulated by, they can actually produce blue light. See how this is coming around again? Light, EMF fields, crystals your body, in you, out of you. We're going to get more in the in and out, but they didn't really have the piezoelectric effect stimulating the gland. They were stimulated more by sound. Also, they are stimulated with light. So light through your eyes, another reason not to wear sunglasses, light through your eyes all day, all the different frequencies, even late into the evening, all has an effect on your pineal gland and other areas of your brain. So when you reduce that frequency band that is important for producing melatonin, which is the orange and starting into the red frequency, 
that's going to tell you to go to bed. Hey, the sun's going down. Melatonin also affects your heart. So they know, they've got lots of research on this. It affects your heart, the health of it. You see, the correlation of EMF produced by your heart, which we talked about, and then the pineal gland makes a hormone to help with the health of your heart, which we just described. That's amazing. So the pineal gland is trying to keep the heart healthy through its EMF. The EMF is what keeps your whole body healthy. There's a lot of talk now that your heart is not a pump. We'll get into that later under heart disease episode, but it might not be a, a pump. It's actually a lot more than a pump. That's going to be really fun to talk about. Your pineal gland also makes serotonin, which is the precursor to the melatonin. So it's kind of taking care of itself a little bit. But remember, your gut makes 80, now 70 to 80% of your melatonin is in your gut. And it travels up into your brain and then turns it into melatonin. You also make neurosteroids in your brain. Those basically are things like the precursors to progesterone or other brain chemicals that keep you healthy. Okay, let's move on. When you are consuming supplements, every nutrient has its own frequency, its own vibration. Those are both basically the same thing. That has an impact in your body. It's not just the physical structure. It's also the frequency that it vibrates. So things like homeopathy, which they actually can make substances without the ingredient in there. They use milk lactose, essentially, some other things. And then they impart the vibrational frequency from that substance into that milk lactose. For example, let's say bee venom. They can impart this frequency from the bee venom into the milk lactose multiple times. It's called dilution. It gets stronger and stronger, but there's no particles in there. There's no bee venom. Then when you take it, you have resistance or it creates a future resistance to the bee venom. Homeopathy is extremely powerful medicine. It's been used for hundreds of years. It's, they've tried to downplay it and say it doesn't work. It absolutely works. That's where they got vaccines from. So don't let them tell you that it doesn't work because it does. Matter of fact, in some cases, it can be so powerful. You take one dose, you are done. You never have to take anything after that. Minerals, that's a really cool topic because think about it. We've been talking about minerals and minerals are also metals. And of course, you think of minerals as something that could conduct electricity like zinc and copper, silver, gold, things like that. Well, calcium, magnesium, all these minerals in your body, they all have EMF fields and vibrate at a frequency and it gives you the strength and the power of that substance. Vitamins are the same way. They vibrated their frequency based on their chemical structure. But the one I find really fascinating would be food or herbs. So food, we know is super powerful in your body and all the things it can do. Also herbs, we know are very, very powerful. If you take things that have a lot of substances in them, lots of compounds, put them all together, let's call it ginger, my single favorite herb. It has so many compounds, they don't even know what to name them anymore. By this point, it's probably well over a thousand. The last that I knew of it, they, they were over 700. Let's talk beef. How many compounds does it have? Probably 
more than they can actually name. It's not just a protein source. There's all kinds of chemicals in there and molecules that the cow produced from the grass. Each individual compound has its own EMF, its own vibrational frequency. And when you put those together, as we do with all these other things, you end up with a macrocosm of EMF, but they all are cohesive together. So when you take the EMF of individual outside of that, it may not be good. You put that substance back into that macrocosm and now it's cohesive and it's wonderful. So think about it like that. If you take one thing out of that product, it could be good or it might be detrimental. That's where the EMF comes in. You would know if you could test it in or on your body before you start taking a lot of it. But the food and the herbs are super, super powerful. And that's why, because there's a whole lot of EMFs making up one large EMF. I hope that makes sense. The next one that we need to talk about that nobody wants to talk about because it makes our lives easy and or it's your job. It's part of how you make money. And that's electrosmog. That's the new term. Well, it's been going on for 15 years now, but it's starting to become more used. Electrosmog. That's all the 5G, the cell phones, microwaves, your Wi-Fi, all of the electrical stuff in your house, the wiring in your walls, in your car, at your work, all the different electronic devices or just objects around you that have good or bad EMFs. Just because it looks benign doesn't mean that it's good for you. I can tell you right now, if you have a magnet near you that is really, really powerful, it's going to hurt you. But you take small magnets with the bright polarity against the skin, and you can actually help yourself. It's a crazy, but it works. Everything around you is affecting your EMF field. And if you want to be more precise with this, do you affect their EMF field? Hmm, that's interesting. You're never going to be able to get away from EMF fields like we talked about earlier. The whole earth, everything coming at the earth, you, you, there's no way around it. But you can mitigate man-made EMFs. You see, electro smog started actually previous to 1900. In about 1910, it starts ramping up a little bit. And then in 1918, this is one of the events, if you know what 1918 was, we'll call it an outbreak. Every subsequent outbreak since then is related to a large amount of electrosmog EMF output. Every one, all within a very short amount of time. The latest one you may have heard of, you may have gone through it. It was the largest single area to turn on enough EMF to literally change humans and every living thing within its area. I'll let you guess where that is. It started with the W. What happened after that? Hmm. What did the rest of the world do just after that one? Did the same thing. But every single event in history of an outbreak actually has an event associated with it for electrosmog. I'll let you chew on that one for a while. If you want to know more, we can go into it. Here's a really cool one for you. Pathogens. You know, we talked about parasites and mold and all that fun stuff. Pathogens, 
This is a really unique way to think about this. So I'm trying to enlighten you that every single thing has an EMF output and is affected by EMFs outside of it, okay? Let's take, for example, tapeworm. Let's say it a tapeworm. There is a frequency associated with that tapeworm that you could send into the body and kill it. It's true for cancer. It's true for any negative bacteria, any negative pathogen, just everything that you would have in your body that's not supposed to be there. It has a frequency. When you kill these things with a certain frequency, you generally do not kill anything good that's maybe very closely associated with that frequency. So it's a very safe technique. Does it work? Absolutely. One of those is called the Rife technique. You can buy Rife machines, R-I-F-E. You can go to doctors who do this, who specialize in this, so you don't do it yourself at home. Remember, if you're going to kill pathogens in any way, whether you're using herbs or a Rife technique, you better know what you're doing because you're going to feel it. I do not recommend anybody do a parasite cleanse, a mold cleanse on their own, unless it's such a mild, mild therapy, but then how good is it really going to be? When you kill things like that, they release chemicals, poisons. They don't want to die. Plus all that dead material is now in your body. And if you don't know how to get it out, you're going to feel terrible. So just be careful. I'm not recommending anybody do any kind of cleanse at all. That even goes for, I'm about to say it, I know no one's going to want to hear it, but if you don't know how to do fasting properly, you're asking for it. We will do a fasting episode, I guarantee it. I am not a fan of fasting unless you know what you're doing. And I'm not talking about, well, I didn't have dinner last night, so I had a little intermittent fast. I'm talking about a real one. Anything longer than even just one day. Societies around the world that practice fasting have been doing it their whole lives. They don't have the same response that other people have. How do you know what's going to happen to your body if you did that? If you're ever going to do one on your own, you better do it on vacation because you might be out for two, three, four, five days wishing you could die. I'm not a fan of fasting, especially a water fast or no food fast or even a fast where you add herbs for cleansing because it sounds like a great thing to do. I don't think it's a great thing to do. I know most of you are saying, but I've heard so many good things about fasting. I'm supposed to intermittent fast to lose weight and all this kind of thing. There are easier ways to be healthy than taking out sustenance when you don't need to. Now that I've lost most of you because you turned it off because you didn't want to hear it, let's get into some things that you can do to help mitigate the EMF exposure. First thing you can do is be healthy. Try and be as healthy as you can. Now, electrosmog is the first thing, right? We want to get rid of because that's just bombarding you all the time. So maybe turn off your Wi-Fi in your house when you go to bed. There's ways to do that. You just turn it off. How about not putting your cell phone in your bedroom when you're sleeping? That's a terrible thing to do. That thing should be out of your bedroom completely. The only thing electronic technically in your bedroom 
might be a small little sound machine, maybe a fan, you know, near the door away from you. And that alarm clock next to you, push it away. It doesn't need to be that close. I know it doesn't seem like much, but I've had this next to my head forever, for my whole entire life. Well, of course you have. How healthy are you? I'm telling you, I have a family member who moved that cell phone away from the bed and sleeps better now. You can do it. Trust me, you can do it. You don't need that thing in your bedroom. And especially don't watch TV in your bedroom, especially to go to bed. The only reason you're going to bed using the TV now is it's a habit. You turn that sucker off and do these things I'm about to tell you right now. You're going to go to sleep a lot easier and you'll stay asleep. You can't tell me that the TV playing in the background is good for your brain. All of that sound, all of the light, that's blue by the way, there's no way for your brain to relax. Your autonomic nervous system is taking in all of the stimulus plus all the EMF from the TV and trying to deal with it. Yet, you're trying to calm down. This is why one singular frequency, like a fan, or a sound machine making one frequency can get you down because the brain gets used to it really, really quickly. But that TV has multiple noises. But Eric, I don't leave the sound on. Um, is the light on? Are you wearing a mask? If you're wearing a mask and knocking out all the light, why does the TV have to be on? You don't need it. And of course, we all know that part of television is it turns you into a drone. The whole point of it is it flashes at a specific rate to make you stare at it and keep staring at it. All the while it's giving you blue light. So it keeps you up and then puts you into a drone state. So maybe you're feeling the drone state enough to relax you, but trust me, you are not getting the sleep that you think you're getting. Women, mammograms are a huge no-no. Just get a sonogram or any of the other methods that don't use x-rays. I mean, we just talked about the worst is the x-ray, right? That's the, that's the start of the spectrum that gets ionizing. That's destroying your tissue. Why would you do that? You know, as a man, if I go get an x-ray in my jaw, for example, because there's no other way to see in there, they put a lead thing over my, you know, what's area. Well, why are you putting your breast into this machine and just shooting ionizing radiation right through it? on a regular basis because they told you you have to come do it. No, you don't need to. Just do your own breast examination yourself. Do the other methods that they can check that or just be super healthy and you don't have to worry about them. Don't have to do them. During the day, limiting the phone as a whole, get it away from you. It doesn't need to be near you. You know, the people who don't have cell phones are still the happiest people around, aren't they? They'll probably tell you, I don't have a cell phone. And they're always just less stressed. That thing is a magnet for energy to be pulled in from EMF fields and right into you. Trust me, anything you can do to keep that sucker away from you, the better. If you don't need to use it, why is it even on? Why, why is it even in our lives at this point? To look at social media? Because it used to be we had cell phones just in case, you know, we got caught on the side of the road with a flat tire or something weird like this. All of a sudden, it's turned into this thing where everybody is using it while they're driving their cars. You can't even watch a movie without people on their phone at the movie theater, even probably in their own home. So you traded a huge screen 
in the movie theater for this tiny little one in front of your face. I don't get it. Okay, enough. You understand what I'm saying. There's a really cool thing you can do. It's called grounding. And if you've never done it, it's a rage now because it absolutely works. But the basic idea is you get full of all of this EMF, which is extra negative. We'll call it energy because we don't know what it is yet. But they call it electrons, too many negative electrons, this kind of thing. You go outside and you touch the ground. Cement works. Asphalt really doesn't work. Grass works. Dirt works. This kind of thing. You create a circuit and you dump all this negative EMF, electronic, whatever this stuff is. Doing that on a regular basis is an absolutely essential way to stay healthy. It absolutely works. They have real research. You can do it yourself. There's clinical trials. You get a meter. You go outside. You can take this electric meter. And when you touch the ground compared to when you're not touching the ground, you can ground while you're sleeping. There's products that will help you do that. You can ground while you're at work. There's pads that you can put under your keyboard, put your feet on them, these kinds of things, and, and get this grounding. You're getting bombarded by whatever this EMF is. It's a good idea to get the negative out, isn't it? There's also something called a magnetic pad. There's a company called Magnetico. Absolutely amazing. One day, I'm going to get one. But it's a magnet pad that goes between your mattress and your box spring. That's it. That's all you do is you put it there. And the Gauss rating, that's an energy rating, it tries to mimic as close as it can with magnets the Gauss of the Earth. So as you're sleeping, it puts you in a magnetic field and protects you from EMF, that of the Earth. Very cool stuff. Like I said, magnets, it all it's all EMF field. So you can use them for you or against you. You got to know how to use those pads. But and there's other types of ways you can use magnets, you know, in your life for EMF protection. We won't get into all those in the future, maybe. The water that you consume. This is a big one. There are so many different types that you could do. The basic idea is, I'm going to tell you, just do clean water. Most of this bottled water that you take in, it is not good. You can test it yourself. Look where the source is. All of the big brands that you know of from the big box stores, it's all garbage. If you want to do the spring water type of water, great. Fantastic. The best that you can get is still for America, because it's better to get stuff closer to you, would be Mountain Valley Spring. It's in the green bottles. That's the best you can get here. As far as purified water goes, I'm a huge fan of a company called Penta. P-E-N-T-A. Stands for five. Five molecule water. It's the cleanest water you can get, period. Either way, just water itself is something that works with your electromagnetic field. Like we talked about, it has memory. It does things for you. You are a water machine and there's chemicals inside you and electricity. And you know how good water conducts electricity. Guess what? EMF is electricity. So this energy pathway, how the energy works in the body has to do with how good the water is inside your body. And if you're bringing in toxic water, you're making a toxic environment. You wouldn't go and, and swim in a pool that's toxic, would you? Well, no. So why would you want your body to have water inside it that's toxic? Because water holds memory. 
like we talked about, holds EMF fields, but it also is carrying good or bad ingredients from it into your body, right? The minerals or pesticides, hormones, all of that kind of thing. It's in the water. And most bottled water, it's true, is just tap water. Now, here's one that we can all do. When you're listening to music, if you're trying to relax, then you want to listen to the best music that puts off the best EMF field. Now, what is that? Well, you might need to look that one up. We could go all day. I'm not going to list a bunch of them, but they say harp music, classical music, orchestral. When you look at those frequencies, when you can measure those frequencies, it's beautiful. Like we had talked about before, it creates these geometric patterns that doesn't happen with heavy metal music or pop or rap or country. None of these. It's only these really high level frequency sounds brought together into one type of music. Or if you can do it, which I really like doing, is listening to a frequency, something like 432 hertz. That is very close to the Earth's actual frequency, but different frequencies, which is just a straight sound in your headphones or just playing through a speaker or whatever, that kind of thing, can induce inside you a calming effect or it can get you excited. So just want you to think about that one. Do you always have to listen to music you can sing to? That kind of thing. Can you, can you just try playing something that you normally wouldn't and see what happens? You can also pray or meditate if that's what you like to do. Sometimes meditation, by the way, doesn't have to be some hippie thing where you're talking to gods and trying to teleport yourself into another dimension. It doesn't have to be that. It can just be thinking of one singular thing, like a word. For example, the best word that you could probably, that I can come up with, to meditate on is the word gratitude. Gratitude has a connotation in your mind because you know what it is. It immediately puts you into a certain state. That meditation on that one word can change your attitude all day. Even just putting it on a, a sign or a sticker next to your desk can help. Every time you see it, your brain automatically recognizes that word. You can meditate on a sound, on a photo that's really beautiful, on a thought of a time in your life. It's not something you got to do like the Tibetans do and get into a yoga posture and all this. You don't have to do that. You can just literally sit in your chair or stand, go sit outside. Better yet would be to ground in the grass and meditate like that. Prayer on the other hand, is is or can be, depending on what's happening, more powerful than meditation. They have more studies on these two things than you could possibly imagine. They've studied the daylights out of this. Why? Because it's changing your EMF field. It's taking this negative EMF impulses around you or what's coming into you and creating a better field. Like when I was saying earlier with the Carillion photography, taking two people, come together and touch each other. And it changes the way that that EMF field is. So you're doing the same thing just in yourself by praying or meditating. It's absolutely amazing thing to do. And by the way, 
You can do it anytime you want, and it's free. The last one I'm going to tell you, and that's not the most important one, but I think it's probably the most profound. You see, most of your life, you're in a house, you're in your car, or you're at work. You're not outside very much. So getting into nature in any way possible can be so much more beneficial than you even know. See, you can't see what's going on without this type of aura photography or Carillion, these kinds of things. Until there's a way to see it, you don't know. You, you, you don't think anything's happening. Oh, it's happening, all right. And it's happening more powerful than you know. Most people, when they get into nature, they always say, man, I, I just love it when I go camping and go on the beach, places like this. Why? Because the electromagnetic frequencies that are naturally occurring out there are much better on your body. So let me explain this. When you go into the forest, you have the electromagnetic frequency coming out of the ground, coming out of all the vegetation around you, all the trees. I know it's vegetation, but they're a little bit different because they're huge. The sun, the insects, all of the life that's in there. There's pretty much nothing really negative to speak of in a forest or the woods. I guess you'd call it the woods because who has a forest? I think maybe England they call them forests. Either way, you are putting yourself into an environment that is almost protective from the outside. And also you're taking on the frequencies of everything around you. When you do that, it gets rid of your negative EMF. So you take on all of that. It's so much more positive than you can be negative. I don't know of many people that can be really that upset in the woods, especially if you're mindful when you go in there. Now, there are things you can't see as well. And those are something called forest bathing. Those are something that the vegetation and the trees put off to protect themselves, which are actually beneficial to us. It's called forest bathing. When you get yourself into that environment, all of these compounds that the vegetation and trees put off to protect themselves from insects or mold or cold, whatever, too much humidity, all of it, it produces these chemicals. They're in the air and you breathe these in. So with the EMF plus these particles, these molecules, these resins and oils, everything that's in the air, it actually heals you. The Japanese are known for this. I think I may have mentioned this before. If not, then you're hearing it now. But the Japanese are known for this. And there's actually prescriptions to do this. They say at least an hour is really the best way. But if you can get yourself out into the woods, it's totally different than just going out into a field. Totally different. So those are just some ways that you can help mitigate the EMF. I hope this was interesting because I had a lot of fun doing it. There are so many more things that I want to say and, and teach you and tell you that I find amazing. So we're going to have to expand on little areas of this stuff in the future, like the water and crystals and more, more of this type of interaction around you that you can't see. It's absolutely amazing that this planet has this ability. We didn't know it was there. What do you do with it? Can you use it to your advantage? How do you get rid of the negative, keep the positive? That's what I'm trying to show you in this one is all of this is around you. And if you know it's there now, now I can empower you to take care of yourself in this way. Now we've covered pretty much 
Most of all the foundational episodes I can think of, there might be one more. I'm thinking about this other one. But you can get protected from EMF, toxins, mold, parasites, ingredients in food, etc. Hopefully you're empowered. That's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to empower you. After this maybe next episode as a foundational episode, we'll start getting more in-depth, I promise. More specifics, each topic, how to heal yourself, what to do, how to buy it, how to use it, when to take it, these kinds of areas. I do have to be careful with that. I can't prescribe anything. I can only say what I would do or what the manufacturers are saying with maybe a little twist. I don't want to get in trouble. All right, that's it. Take care of yourself. If you want to contact me, my info is in the description box. Feel free to ask a question or suggest a topic, maybe some feedback, whatever. I look at every email and every comment, but please be constructive. I will not tolerate spam or rudeness or lewd comments. This is a place for healing and knowledge, not a negative space. If you want to read the transcript, it will be located on my website for each episode. It is therealityofhealth.com.